Hippity hoppity, hippity poppity, everybody. This is, this is, this is, that is, este, uh, late to the party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. Across the valley from me? The next valley is, over. Is the name. How you doing today, Travis? It's me, Travis Tate. I'm doing good. How are you doing, Jake? I'm all right. This is, we, we were talking a little before we started recording. I think this is going to be the throat clearing episode. <laughs> I've been just, uh, as of late, it's been a real, just a real, get a good wad going more often than not. It just builds and, up. Uh, I get it. I don't know I about you. I don't know. I don't know about you, Trav, but uh, <laughs> I, I got the, I, I, you know, I get it going. I really need to blow my wad every once in a while. <laughs> I hear you. I mean, it's just human nature. I've been doing a no, bit on, I've been doing yeah. a bit on stage about, you know, it's a bad time in history to have seasonal allergies. Yes, <laughs> I tried to work yes. in a little reference to ragweed, but I don't think people I don't think people understood it because that part does well. And then I do the ragweed, and they're like, "What is he talking about? What is it? it's a, it's a it's a allergy? It's an allergy thing. Ragweed. It's the really funniest well. sounding allergy. I I get the itchies, but um, I don't know that itchiness is a COVID sign, so I, I do okay with that. But uh, a lot of times I get a seasonal. I'll go through a couple of months where I just have a dry cough for like three months and. That is not set in, so I had a really so bad I had a really bad episode with coughing like mm, late January, early February. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I if I maybe had a little I don't know. Everybody everybody out there goes, Oh yeah, I think I had it back in like last September or you know, it's like, yeah, it wasn't it didn't exist yet in September, but if you want to think that you had it, you just go ahead and keep believing that the earth is flat well, too. <laughs> working for, <laughs> I, this week I came upon the idea that, uh, as we get deeper and deeper in, um, I think anti-masters are going to join the ranks of like flat earthers and anti-vaxxers of the people who are going to be, it, it, there's almost a see there's <laughs> the season of there's flu season. There, there may be uh, COVID season and there will be, Hey, check out my very important 15 minute YouTube video that'll show you the truth that <laughs> big masky doesn't want you to. So it, it's I look gonna at be, it's, it's going to be a fresh new group of people that right. are absolutely insufferable and you, you just can't, you just can't reach. I look at it this way. Masks have been a part of Asian culture for at least a decade now, whenever, oh, yeah. whenever yeah. it's flu season or whatever there, they just mask up and it's just something it's a reality. Okay, it's not the perfect uh, utopia that it is in your mind where we never have to wear a mask, but it is reality. Uh, I, I wear a mask if I'm in public. Just It's better for every. It's, it's like being a good citizen. I saw somebody today post a post. It was from... It was a quote from Glenn Danzig of all people talking about... <laughs> was it? What, what, did it have anything to do with his mother? No, no, not, not in this. But it, he was talking about how shopping carts are like the perfect analogy or test for for what kind of a person you are because there's no rule stating that you have to take a shopping cart back you can just leave it yeah you can leave it right up against somebody's car technically you're not going to get arrested you're not gonna nobody's gonna come and yell at you but there's a certain kind of person i'm one of these people i take it back to the the you know the cart return i just do it's just because it's I... it's it it makes the parking lot a less good place for everybody if there's random shopping carts rolling down and slamming into cars. It's just, 
I don't want my car to get hit by a shopping cart, so I'm not going to be the kind of person that just leaves it. I'll put it away, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, there, there is a, that says something about a person, although it can also say something about a business, about their cart return placement, because uh, I can, this is so long ago. I can't remember. There was somewhere that uh, I would go, and you would park on the sort of outer reaches of the parking lot, and there was just no... Uh, no shopping cart return. So it would be, there would be like a little, you know, a little, uh, what do you call it? A little strip of like concrete and grass. And you would just, you would put the wheels up on top of it. So you just start your own, uh, your own country, like chop. You just form your own shopping cart country. I I look at it as, um, of course, a bookmark is the way to go, but every once in a while you'll dog ear a page. Right. Technically speaking, it's not great for the book. It's not great, a great look, but you know, it's still also, the thing that you want the mo the that you want the least is free roaming carts that are going to run into things. Right. I mean, it- um, I think of it more the the thing like that that I look at is if you let someone into traffic, if they don't give you a little high sign, a little wave, mm, that's right. that's a slap in the face. A little bit, yeah. Like I'm probably I'm not going to do anything. Like I'm not I'm not going to go. Uh, what, what was that movie? Uh, uh, unhinged on them or anything and chase them down and steal their phone and beat up their boyfriend. But like, if I, if I, if I kind of, if, if there's a, a red light and I, I make a little space for somebody to get out of a, like a gas station and they turn in and they don't give me a little wave. I'm like, well, I, I trusted you. Right. Who is this person that I trusted? We what had a deal. Like, yeah, we had a deal. I let you in. You give me a little wave or, you know, if, yeah, I, I was driving with Gabe because Gabe has his license now and, you know, riding around with him, <laughs> giving him the rules of the road and, and, you know, we'll be going to change lanes and someone lets us in. All right, now put your hand up so they know that you appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the, it's the social contract. Sometimes and it, now masks should be the social right. contract. Sometimes it takes very little just to keep a society well balanced. You know what I mean? But once it can every be troubling how thin of a of a membrane there is between people being courteous to each other and like I, I don't know I don't know what videos you've seen this week Travis but maybe a woman at the self checkout just tossing things out into the into the ether yeah for I saw that her to wear a mask have you seen the version where they reverse it and it looks like people are throwing things at her and she's catching them almost oh, like sound funny. while she's looking down or looking at her phone it's pretty funny to see it in reverse <laughs> they're like look at this lady she's got skills <laughs> catching everything <It> one-handed <laughs> we we seem to just severely uh, there is a certain type of seemingly white person who if anyone even if it's such a non-big deal like wearing a mask if they are told what to do that is outside their comfort zone at all, it, they they cannot handle it. They cannot handle the idea of of someone in public telling them, "Hey, could you be courteous just like everyone else?" Right. It's my free. Is my freedom? Like how how dare you question my choices? I'm gonna throw everything out of my card. I mean, there's there's definitely merit to being an individual and a free thinker, but there's also so much merit in a peaceful society where people just smile at each other and wave and are courteous and hold doors for each other. And it's such a nice thing when you can go through an entire day without having some sort of, you know, 
interaction, like a negative interaction with a person. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Like like you said about Japan, is those sort of things are so normalized. And uh, one of the things I think about a lot is friends of mine that have traveled to Japan. They talk about how there is litter. There is no such thing as litter in Japan. Mm-hmm. That you go to Japan and people will fold their like they'll be having a meal outside. They'll fold it up and put it in like put it in a knapsack or something because no one litters. They're, like it's almost even there's almost even a stigma against using public uh, trash cans to keep them from being filled. Of you know like it, and that that just seems like like such a like again if you did that here and said like look we're gonna really crack down if we catch you dropping your you know like have you been you you've probably been out to bear lake right yeah so that that little sort of tourist trappy area where they have a bunch of like greasy spoon drive-in type places mm-hmm. there is trash all over the place all the time and like the garbage really? cans are i've never noticed that actually full uh. yeah what times when i'd gone in the summer it, you know you get out there for a lunch rush or a dinner rush and uh you get a lot of papers blown around or or the the <clears throat> You know, oil barrels that they're using for trash get pretty full. And understandably, you know, you got to staff, you got to deal with what you got to deal with. But that's, again, that goes to the social contract of, okay, kind of the, if there's no room in the trash can, maybe the responsibility for us is maybe you should bring a plastic bag along with you. You can get your trash and take it with right. you and throw it wherever you end up. But I know. usually have trash in my car. I do because I don't throw it out on the street. If I'm done with something, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to have a trash can for a while. I'll just go put it in the back seat. And sometimes I forget about stuff. But yeah, I'm pretty, if people I'm have pretty trash in their car, it usually means they're not throwing it out the window. <laughs> I'm pretty bad at like uh, receipts and things. I, I, I think, Travis, one of the times that I, in the universe, when I am the most tired and just done with it is when I am getting home from something. <laughs> yeah. Like, you you ever get that you're driving home from work and you pull in and all there is is like one one receipt in a cup holder and you look at that receipt and you're like i i can't even deal with that receipt <laughs> future me would love to take care of that <laughs> i'm gonna get in the car at some point and look at you and go oh yeah i need to do that but like right now i look man it, you know it, it's just i need to sit on a couch before i can think about picking you up tiny right. receipt it's not even a grocery store receipt it's not even the nine mile long grocery receipt I'm talking about it. I just went and bought a thing of Tic Tacs. Right. I'm bringing the, you know, that pack of Tic Tacs in with me, but receipt, you're going to have to wait your turn. Speaking of Tic Tacs, I tried Coca Cola Tic Tacs. Oh? They're delightful. I ate an entire, really? I got one of those big fat packages of them, and I went through them in like three days. They're Travis, so good. I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a Tic Tac guy. Uh, mm. But generally speaking, it's only the orange ones and the like fruit mix ones that I can handle. These uh, are like everything else. These taste is, like uh, bottle caps, and you know how I love bottle caps. But they oh, taste yeah. they taste like okay. the cola bottle caps. I'll have to check that out. That does sound delightful. They're nice. <laughs> in each little, they're white, and each little one has Coca Cola printed on it in red. Every single oh, Tic Tac. Really? Yeah, I feel like they need to be brown. I feel like that's a misstep, unless <laughs> unless they're going unless they got a root beer one in the in the can Ooh. somewhere. If they come out with root beer, I'm all I'm all about it. They've had other flavors before. I think they've had a grape flavor mm. and maybe a lime flavor. And I think the the big misstep and the it, Travis, I'm telling you, it depends on the batch you get. 
Sometimes, like, they're a nice, they're a little bit soft, and that's the best case scenario. I've never you had a soft Tic Tac. I mean, soft is a relative term, but it's like, there's a difference between, does this taste, is this like a jawbreaker, or is it, or is it just a little give to it? Oh, so it kind of mel- almost melts away? Also, like there's Travis, some hollowness in it. This might be the difference between you and I. Do you chew them or do you let them melt? Uh, I tell myself I'm going to let them melt and then I bite into them. <laughs> I have n- n- no restraint, Travis. The <laughs> the reins are off. I'm just chewing. I pop two of them off. Pat, pat, and just. <laughs> I think Glenn Danzig have- needs to write a, a little poem about this. <laughs> <laughs> Get him on the horn. Two types of people in the world: the type that eat their tic tacs and the type that suck their tic tacs. But yeah, the two the two the, the two differentiators are are they are they fresh? Do they have a little bit of give to them? And two. You don't get this with the orange ones. The orange are the king of the Tic Tacs. There's a reason why they're a classic. They're not even they're not even a mint. First of all, let's let's take that out of it. Orange <laughs> Tic Tacs are orange Tic Tacs are not for freshening their breath, your breath. They are candy. It's the same thing of like Luden's cough drops. Those are candy. Those are oh, not yeah. helping your throat. Yeah, they're way good. When we when I was a kid and I had a cough, it was like bring give me all your ludens. <laughs> Mom's like, no, you gotta you gotta suck these. They're supposed to make your crack. Like, no, here's another. Don't crack. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> orange Tic Tacs, not a mint. The tropical ones are generally pretty good, but they can have a little bit of a minty aftertaste. And it's like, no, I didn't come to you for mint, friend. I came to you <laughs> for candy. So. I'm going to have to check out those Coca-Cola ones. I'm a fan. That sounds, if the pitch that you're giving me is bottle caps, that, that, that sounds like a certified banger to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about it. So it's good stuff. I just think uh, Gabe went to the gas station. I said, oh, we call it, he, he, he hollers down to me. He's like, Dad, what do you want? I'm like, uh, he's like, I'm going to the gas station. What do you think? I'm like, will you get me Tic Tacs? What flavor do you want? I tell him, give me the famous four. The famous four? Two orange. The famous four is too orange, too tropical. Mm. <laughs> he did, however, forget to get them. So, <laughs> he's, he's growing up just like dad. Uh. <laughs> hey, I started watching that Hamilton thing last night. Oh, did you? Have you watched it? No, I'm, I don't. It is really hard for a musical to gel with me. That's kind of, I mean, first of all, it was really late. It was like two in the morning and Penny's like, Hey, let's let's start watching this Hamilton thing. And so she puts it on and she's watching it and seemingly enjoy I'm watching her face. She seems like she's enjoying it. And I'm kind of starting has, to hasn't seen it before. Listen to No, she's never seen it like before. That? She's Don't never seen it before. Okay. Uh I start kind of dozing off and snoring a little cuz I haven't put my mask my CPAP mask on or anything. But I kind of I came up with an idea about musicals. There's Speaking of speaking of types of people in the world, uh, I think musicals are like sushi. I think there's some people that really love them, and some they people like cilantro. Some or cilantro, you, yeah. Musicals taste like soap to you. Yeah, or there's some people that really hate them, but I think most people just pretend to like it out of peer pressure. That's musicals and sushi, because I it just was not clicking with me. I don't maybe maybe because I was falling asleep. I don't know. And I know people love Hamilton. Musicals are not my cup of tea. (laughs) But um, I'll give it a shot. I'll finish it with her. That's what marriage is about. Sometimes they'll gel. Like, I I love The Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, 
That's animated. Like, and it animated is different dude, animated than, makes it, than animated makes it real human beings bursting into song. You know that that does make a difference to me. And I, and I'll say like animated for the most part animated with songs. It's more like a I, I somewhere south of tolerating. Like I'm not I'm not tolerating like with my hands crossed. Like well I guess I'll put it like. Most of the time, it's just I'm watching a music happen and be like, okay, okay, I guess. But then there's things like um, one of the Disney movies that the soundtrack hit me super hard. I adore the the music for The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. That was one that just always was a hot banger for me. But um, I... Uh, I think if there's a magical so the, element, it makes a difference. Like Mary Poppins, I like Mary Poppins because uh, there's a I magical element. I adore singing. In I've the never rain. seen it. Some of that, I think, though, comes from the cocaine fueled dancing. <laughs> that like like those old those old uh, more dance based musicals of that era specifically. You watch guys who are in their like 30s and 40s, and you're like, how how are they summoning the energy for doing this? And, in coordinated, like I guess, uh, I didn't see uh, La La Land, so I don't know how often does a does a musical that's like a dance musical happen these days. Really, not very often. I I mostly liked La La Land the first time I saw it, and then I rewatched it recently, and it it did not click the second time. So I I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting uh, old and grumpy. I don't know. I'll I'll finish I'll finish I I only gave it like ten minutes to be honest with you I think they were still in the first song when I started snoring, but it was yeah, also two in the morning. I, I saw a couple of people online chatting about that it's a really good record and I was like yeah, you know maybe I should give this a run I just haven't I don't know it, it's it's so hyped to the moon it would be it's hard for me to believe going in cold like I don't know is it. Do you need to know a little bit about history? Does knowing history help some? No, it- the first song basically is explaining who all the players in the in the play are. Yeah. At least that's what I got out of it. They're introducing Alexander Hamilton and his background. They're introducing Aaron Burr and his background, and they just start <clears throat> introducing people, and they're talking about, you know, basically their histories. I did yeah, notice that you said it was a people said it was a good record. I thought it was terrible because some people you could hear crystal clear and other people it was super muffled. Huh. So uh-huh. that was another thing I was like, all right, well, I'm starting to get tired. I'm just going to put my mask on and go to sleep. You keep watching. Yeah, I've <laughs> I've tried to listen I've tried listening to the soundtrack on Spotify and it and I'm just like this this just sounds like a musical to me. Yeah. And you know, which is I get which is fine. Right. Sure. Be a musical. It's just that, that stuff just <laughs> does not often. You know, like be a musical. I went, saw, I went and saw Book of Mormon last year, and that was that was like varying of going into it, especially being a like a Trey Parker thing. It had a very Trey Parker tone. And I was like, I don't know about this, but it, it, we, uh, I believe, I'd talked about like it. It actually kind of won me over toward the end. There are a couple of songs on it that I would let you know. I can I can see myself throwing on and listening to, and it's there. You know, it. It was a very up and down for me based on someone who is up and down with things like South Park of sometimes sometimes an episode will hit me and go like, oh, yeah, okay. And then I'll watch another episode. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't want these people. Go away. <laughs> so, I, I watched know. I watched an episode of The Simpsons I wanted to bring up uh, just out of, out of the blue here. Uh, 
my son actually said, you need to watch this one, dad. Cause I've started watching it from the very beginning, but he's, he's like, you got to watch this one. It's episode or season six, episode nine. And it's called, uh, Oh God, what's it called? Homer Badman or something like that. Badman Homer, something like, I think it's Homer Badman. And he, for some reason, him and Marge go to this candy convention. It's like fan X, but it's all candy. And he steals uh, the rarest gummy of all time. It's a Venus de Milo gummy. Uh, okay. I, have you seen this one? Like you're saying it and it's coming back. I know I've seen that one. I can't remember all of it, but I know for sure that I've seen that one. So he loses the gummy, but then he has to take the babysitter home that was watching the kids while they were at the candy thing. And he sees that it, it must have been left on the seat because she was sitting that's on it. That's right. Okay, and it's stuck yeah, to she, her butt. Like peel, that's right. Right. Yeah. And he peels yes, it off and eats it. it. And she thinks that he was like trying to grope her. Grabbing her butt, yeah. And just the, the outrage built around this. I mean, this episode's like 20 some years old. And, and to see how people get outraged now about all sorts of things. It's not even necessarily just about like, you know, Me Too or anything like This is just about like outrage and how it builds. And then he goes and does an interview and they edit the interview to make it make him sound really creepy. Like he, he starts drooling about candy and they edit yeah. it down. So he's talking about her can and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, man, it was funny. If, if you guys have Disney Plus, when you're done watching Hamilton, which I suggest you watch because you're probably going to like it may, way more than I did at two in the morning. Uh, watch season uh, set six, episode nine. It's it's definitely it's like it almost predicted how people would be outraged now. And this is before the internet, really. They weren't even talking about internet in this episode. It's just the way, you know, they come start picketing on their lawn. Uh, all of his friends come. He thinks they're going to stick up for him. And they go, no, we got the real dirt on Homer Simpson. <laughs> you know, we'll start taking bids on the real dirt. It's just funny to, to see how they knew exactly how people would react to outrage. It, it's It's funny. Hmm. Well, Travis, Jake, guess what's back? What's back? I uh, so we we're, again we were also talking about this before we started recording of uh, it's <laughs> the idea of trying to have a trying to have us come together because y- you know we <laughs> we do the thing of we're just trying to have a podcast that's just two dudes talking and nothing's really current late like the, the news if you want to come from an, uh, an entertainment perspective lar- by and large the news is either is either captain crunch we or we found out whatever industry we're in was captain crunch oops all bad guys <laughs> you know uh, it's either that which is uh, which is exhausting it's valid but exhausting right. or or the news is just largely about so and so thing has been pushed back. Like you know, we've discussed is uh, Black Widow was supposed to be out I think like two months ago, and you know everything's done. They're just trying to find out a way. Uh, you know, from a gaming perspective, uh, gosh, what is it? It's um, Cyberpunk twenty. It's twenty seventy seven. I can't remember what the number is on the end of it, but it super huge game they've they've come out and said this game's basically done we're just trying to find we're trying to find a release window that works so they're holding off on releasing a game yeah 
why not just put it out? People are at home. In, in that, although in that case, I think it's a matter of, I think what the news was on that game is they came out and said, basically all of the like voice acting and sort of mechanical and like animated stuff is done. I think, I think maybe there's more or less what that was. It's difficult to do the sort of bug chasing or bug catching, like all the, um, uh, what do you call it? The, just basically running it through and trying to find problems with it to fix. Right. So, uh, would that they would they do that by bringing like tons of people into a specific place and playing it, or is oh, that yeah. something um, they could do remotely? That's one. Have you ever you ever uh, uh, like play testing? People talk about like, hey man, I've got a job playing video games for a living, like an entry level job playing video games for a living. Like having it described to me by people who have actually done it sounds like the most miserable. <laughs> like you are not playing the game. You are not playing. It's not like man, I just. I just bombed through on level eight, man. Check me out. It's like your job is literally to sit in a chair all day and walk against walls and see if it's basically like you play all day, you jump around, you try to do everything you can think of, not, not play the game, but just do basically right. anything someone could do in a game to try and trigger a, a some sort of bug. Cause b- bugs are bugs can be insane of a, like if you're on, you know, if you're in the, the fairy forest and you're holding specifically the ice sword and you hit this one tree out of 8,000, it can cause the whole game to crash (laughs) and they have to figure out what the hell is going on that makes it do that. So it's not just, it's not just finding the bugs. It's like, okay, now I found it. What happened? How do I, how do I repeat this enough that they can isolate like it, it, and I, I'm completely talking out of my ass right now. <laughs> this is kind of the impression I've been given is like, okay, first of all, something happened. What was it? So I got to go back to this area and try and do a bunch of stuff. How can I recreate this bug? Now that I've recreated it, I have to recreate it a bunch of times so they can take the data from those bunch of times and try and look through thousands of lines of code and figure out which little bit of the code is the thing that's causing it to do this. That seems like so, watching a movie and your whole job is to look for an ant. Yeah. So they can digitally remove it. <laughs> Making games is insanely hard. Wow. It really is. <laughs> but then you have things like like Black Widow and Tenet, which I think are just done. Like in Black Widow's case, Black Widow is done. Right. They just they, they like they just they just don't want. I think I feel. I don't know. I don't know what it's been like for movies that have been released to digital right now if it's really very profitable but i also know they have the contentious relation like some theater chains are just like oh yeah how dare you yeah we need to sell our popcorn i think it's a good i think it's a good idea to bump these movies personally because like black widow uh no time to die the new james bond movie wonder woman even tenant these are movies that i would prefer to see in a theater myself so I, as much as I want to see them, I would rather wait and go see them in a theater next year if it need be to where, you know, than just to download it and watch it at home. It's just not the same. It's not the same experience. Uh, I don't know how you are when you watch a movie, but I, I'm constantly like, what's, what's going on with my phone? I haven't checked my phone in, in a few minutes. I should probably check my phone. In a movie theater, I don't do that. I'm... I'm immersed in in the experience. I'm eating popcorn. 
you know, I'm paying attention to what's going on the the screen, and it's just a, a better experience. Like I, I am worried about movie theaters just disappearing, and maybe it'll go back to these big chains go away and lose all, everything they have, and it goes back to like mom posh uh, movie theaters or something. I don't know. Well, but, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Wikipedia for Wonder Woman 1984. It said it was originally um, it was originally announced for release on December 13th, 2019. Before yeah, being moved up to November big mistake 1st, on that one. They should have released it. Then it was delayed. So it was initially going to be December. Then they moved it up to November. Then it was delayed to June 5th, and now it's currently slated for October 2nd. Yeah, they should have put it out last year when it was done. <laughs> because they would have made their money already (laughs) that's insane that they were going to they were going to release it earlier and then they moved it it's because i think they didn't want to compete with star wars didn't star wars come out around thanksgiving yes i think that's why they moved it they thought okay uh, this is the the last in the skywalker chapter let's bump it to like summer and we'll make our money then but then who who would have known that we'd be in this situation and this, in the, at this point, I'm in the, I, I would say none of the things that are getting bumped, like even Wonder Woman, I would be okay with watching at home. Hmm. There hasn't been something coming out that I've been, that I feel like has been bumped. Like I was talking to, I was, I was talking with Gabe the other day because it's the only person who's home <laughs> uh, about like, holy cow, it is like early July. It is early July. Like, thinking about movies it's early july yeah this is the time for movies yeah i mean we've missed out on no time to die wonder woman you know black widow uh fast and furious nine those are just the ones off the top of my head like countless things we would have seen by now and it's just like nothing fast and furious get bumped or was it all right no it got bumped it got bumped a whole year i think they they made they kind of made a, a smartish decision, yeah. not playing around. They just said, "No, we're done for the year." Yeah, when they first did that, I was like, "That seems a bit irrational to bump it an entire year." But looking back, it's like, "No, that was probably the right thing to do," because it's like, "All right, this will be out next year. We'll we'll see you guys later." <laughs> yeah, I guess Ugh, it's also weird. Which we never even got around to the initial thing I was talking about. In that, look, I know I talk about I talked about this kind of recently, but I was. Just uh, jumping on the HBO. HBO Max does a cool thing, and I've I haven't seen this on. I don't think I've seen this on anything any other platform. Of um, when I brought up the HBO Max, and it has which every Travis, if Travis, yes, Jake, I know you've I know you've got the ear of uh, streaming platforms, so I want <laughs> you to pass this along. If the first little like if you know because they all go in like little menus of various you know suggested for you oh it's just all things that your platform produced you don't actually know anything about my taste <laughs> like if your first platform isn't keep watching you have failed right no i agree if if the the first screen if if keep watching isn't if visible you have failed amazon i'm looking at you yeah you um, usually have to search for things you were watching on amazon prime yeah amazon prime Eat shit, Amazon Prime. I'm finally, <laughs> someone's finally going to say it. But uh, um, something that I haven't seen before is uh, HBO's uh, HBO Max's continue watching. Doom Patrol season two stuff started showing up, and it just showed up right in my continue watching. 
Nice. Does that happen for you on anything that you know of? Where it just, yeah, I think Netflix does that, don't they? When there's a new season, it says continue watching? I'm pretty sure. And I, it seems like Hulu, well, Hulu always adds new episodes to whatever you've been watching. It'll say new episodes. Oh, no, no. I'm saying like when I'm on Netflix, like, you know, Ozark, it'll show. I think Netflix, one of their initial ones that's visible is new episodes. And I'll usually see it there. But I was just talking about because uh, on HBO I've only I was only watching a few things and it just showed keep watching Doom Patrol. It's like oh that's great to know. Hmm. Can I pile on Amazon Prime for a second? Travis, I will <laughs> I will relinquish my time because I'm good with a good Amazon pile. They do not include an entire series. They break it up into seasons. So if you you have to search up that particular season when you're done with that, you have to go then search up season two or season three what does that happen what does that happen with you with i'm not sure I've watched that's amazon prime like all of their tv shows they're all broken up really? by season they don't automatically roll over to the next season it's ridiculous i like, was just wondering if that had to do with i know amazon's really big on they buy they buy a lot of things what things that are like uh that's uh the expanse they bought because i told you about i i decided to give the expanse a go and i was most the way through an episode before i realized oh this is season five that i'm starting on (laughs) yeah i mean that's a perfect example if you're not paying attention you're just like oh the americans i've heard about the americans i heard it's really good and you start watching the the last did start on a on a network i think it was on fx i believe yeah maybe that's the case maybe that's the case is they split them up because I, I, again, I definitely know with the expanse, I have to go look for the TV stuff before I can look at, you know, just, just looking for it. Maybe right. it's the same thing is it breaks it up when you get outside of the uh, network stuff. I don't know. Amazon, although the Amazon Prime does get some of the better movies. Like if you're going to net, if you're going to Netflix and thinking I want to watch a movie ass movie that wasn't produced by Netflix, right? You're not going to have a great time. Yeah, Amazon Prime t- tends to get like a lot of 80s and 90s stuff that it's hard to find anywhere else. I saw Midsummer and Us on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, is and, Us on uh, there? I really, I think that's where I watched Us, yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was on but, there. Uh, I, I know for sure that's where I saw Midsummer, and I really like that movie. They have a lot of classic anyway. movies, too. That's where you can yeah. find like like Once Upon a Time in the West, I oh, think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do have that. Although uh, HBO Max got those Turner Classic movies, so there's a lot of old stuff on there that I should avail myself of. HBO you Max, get a deal with Roku for for beat's sake. Come on. Are they not? No, it's still not on Roku. It's it's uh, not on. There's another one. It's not on too. I can't remember. But it's like, come I on, just, uh, just pull your head out. <laughs> this probably this probably doesn't give me a good reputation. I just may pretty much as long as I can get it on my Xbox, I'm pretty. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Have you checked out the, the Peacock? The Peacock? Yeah, it's the NBC Is one. That, I figured that would be the case now. I haven't checked it out either. I think there's a free version and there's a version that's like seven bucks a month. You don't say. Yeah, but but the free version, I'm I'm sure it has a lot less on it. I haven't checked it out. I was just curious if you had. I think the that's where we are going to see Saved by the Bell and Punky Brewster reboots. No thanks. No, <laughs> still, also even for the hey. This is not me complaining. This is not me trying to down those re- those reboots. 
Still no thanks. I think Saved by the Bell, since they brought back everybody but Screech, I think they should have like a, a finality for him, kind of like they did with Roseanne on the Connors, where <laughs> yes. Screech yes. just has like a meth just overdose. As, <laughs> just as uh, just as humiliating too. <laughs> uh, oh my God! Did you see that weird? I can't remember what she said. That weird video that Roseanne put out a few weeks ago. Oh, where she says that Trump is the is the first female president. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. She was high on something. I don't know what. <laughs> These people. How how do they not? How do they not hire someone to say Roseanne? No, I can't give you the phone right now. Or or maybe that maybe that is their brand. Someone like Roseanne goes look. I I have completely I have salted the earth behind me as far as a career a career ass career goes. I get eyes on me and I get booked for TV shows based on I say crazy things. Which you know, also the, someone some comedian or someone has said this already. If you went back to say 1994 or like 1997 and told yourself said, "Hey, Tom Arnold's going to be the rational one." <laughs> would you have believed it? <laughs> no. No, because I've met Tom Arnold and rational is not a word I would use to describe and he's very uh, He's very yeah, heard a, a thousand miles an hour at all times. <laughs> yes, yes. I've heard him on a few shows. And and I'll tell you what, I always listen to the shows he's on. He he seems to just barely hold on in a way that Roseanne can't. I think there's just something. Barely. I think there's something. What you, what you say about Roseanne, you know, there's truth to that. I think there's something in her. Maybe it's mental illness. I don't know. Maybe it's a conscious decision. I'm not sure. But I think she wants to go against whatever is the popular opinion. Like, look at what she did in the 80s. She was kind of rebelling. You know how in the 80s and 90s, there was kind of like the censorship side of things was more people on like the religious right. They, they were the ones saying, you can't say this, you can't do this. And she was kind of like thumbing her nose at them or, you know, the national anthem she did at a Padres game where she grabbed her crotch and spits and just kind of made a mockery of the whole thing. And then now it's more where PC culture has kind of become the one saying, hey, don't say this, don't say that. Now she's kind of like, you know, sticking her finger up at them going the other i think there's just like this thing inside of her where she wants to be rebellious or i i, I don't know or she's crazy I, or she's crazy I think, <laughs> I think in the in this case travis i think you are trying to solve a <laughs> i think you're trying to solve a rubik's cube that is missing three colors <laughs> i'm or trying to like separate you, i'm grabbing a handful of mud and trying to separate the water from the dirt <laughs> yeah i don't think it's there i think i think she's just gone it's it's tantamount to trying to solve Kanye. Um, yeah, fair enough. What is what the hell is this guy trying to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't so know anyways. enough about Kanye, honestly. I so Travis. I don't, I don't think I could I name a song say. from Kanye. I, I know a little. I I you know I know enough people who speak very highly of Kanye to know to know he must be a very exceptional talent. It's. It's stuff that I just I have a hard time vibing with, and probably most of that is that it's hard to vibe with his music when mostly what I know about him is the behavior. Right. Yeah, that's the, all I know about him. Uh, the sort of like 
like he, you know, he's Trump's buddy and then he's trying to build his own weird mega church. And at some point that stuff, like it's, it's difficult to really vibe with whatever kind of artists there are when that's the thing I know about them. Right. Speaking of hip hop, did I ever tell you that I listened to the first album of run the jewels? Oh, you listen to RTJ one. Yeah. God, I love run the jewels. It's really hard to tell which album goes in order to be honest with you. At least on Amazon Prime, I'm like, uh, I guess this is the first one. But I really enjoyed it. I listened to it all the way through. There was a Christmas yeah. one on there, which I thought was, that was weird. But other than that, you know, I thought it was really good. I'll, I'll move on to the next ones. Yeah, I couldn't RTJ name any of the songs, but just listening to it, it was like I was driving, you know. it was It's good driving music, I'll say that. It keeps you alert. There's a lot going um, on. I didn't, I didn't vibe as well with Run the, their first album. It's mostly run the run the jewels two and run the jewels three that are the ones that I really really like. So they but, do a, a little bit of like uh, almost video game sounds layered into their music. Is that a deliberate thing? Is that is that kind of what makes them stand out? Uh, I'm trying to I, like they make a. I know they make a fair amount of kind of uh, kind of nerdy culture and I know they've done they've done like licensing type deals with Marvel before. Cause you hmm. know, uh, one of their big hits, uh, legend has it was big in the, in black Panther. Yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> I can't remember just cause run the jewels one. I haven't listened to as much. I'm not entirely sure, but, uh, Hey, good on you, man. That's great. That I'm going to, I'm going to work my way and through the library. And that Travis is what I've had to say about doom patrol season two. <laughs> I just wanted to close that out. No, just Doom Patrol season two is up, and uh, I, I really like that show. And uh, it is so interesting the divide between how DC does their TV versus how DC does their movies. Because Doom Patrol in particular is very unflinching. I mean, it's it's a little it's a little kind of it's a little try hard edgy because you. You've you've watched a few episodes now, right? I have seen the first episode. Do you? I don't know from the first episode if you're catching any of those vibes, but it's it's weird watching. So uh, for <laughs> I'm up to season four in the second season because now they're recent releasing weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis, what would you say if I if I just said the words "sex ghosts"? Uh, I think of Dan Aykroyd right off the top of my head. You know, I, I for some reason I wasn't thinking of that in the moment, but. <laughs> I think now I'm thinking back when you get to this point in Doom Patrol, the that scene with Dan Aykroyd will make a ton of sense. <laughs> you know, he actually claims in real life that he has had sex with a ghost, and that's where that inspiration for that scene came from. That absolutely does not surprise me coming from one Dan Aykroyd. The scene in the movie that made me like uncomfortable watching it with my parents. Yeah, thanks, Dan. <laughs> I... I don't know how old I was when it even occurred to me what was going on. I think when you see a belt getting taken off, I was like, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that uh, I probably don't want to watch it happen with my parents sitting next to me. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> not to get too far in the weeds with that scene that's been dissected before, but I think, hasn't the consensus come down upon that was a dream he was having? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there was really ghosts in that movie, so it's not out of the norm that... I guess well, there, there would were, be a, a horny milf ghost. I think the team... <laughs> oh no, Rue McClanahan is my horny milf ghost. 
or or like oh no oh no because I'm definitely going to do this. But, uh, <laughs> um, I think that there is a shimmer effect that happens before the ghost happens. That is the thing that makes you think like I think he's just dreaming, mm. which it it doesn't matter in this movie that's fake. It doesn't matter if he gets a, a blowy Joey from a ghost or not. It just it just doesn't really matter, I guess. I mean, it, you, you'd think it would be Slimer. You see how many hot dogs he can put in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. If, if you're watching, if you're listening to this with your family on the Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like uh, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Slimer, <laughs> Slimer was auditioning for Brazzers that early or anything. But... Oh no! Oh no, Travis! What have we done? Uh, <laughs> look, we ruined look, something I... pure. And that's what I think about Doom Patrol season two. <laughs> uh, I really no. I, just to close that of Doom Patrol is weirdly sort of tackling a lot of a lot of sort of social things of a lot of uh, kind of homosexual stuff, a lot of non-binary stuff, a lot of like what it's to be a woman stuff, and that stuff they're being pretty unflinching with, which is you know like. Uh, while, while I was thumbing through like Facebook, you know, I, I follow a few comics things. They had a, there was a couple of panels of an X-Men thing where cops were pulling guns on. I think it was Wolverine and Cyclops and Wolverine yelling at police about how they're supposed to act. And I'm like, I know the allegory, because I know longstanding the allegory of the X-Men is kind of for, you know, race, homosexuality, like otherness type thing. X-Men was always very progressive and they were very uh, message centric. So that's why it, but in this, you either in liked this it or you didn't. For, in this instance, except for it's two white superhero, white unkillable superheroes lecturing a white and a black cop about how cops are supposed to act. And I'm like, but I, I think, think you're, you're trying you're trying to have a message, but you're flinching from what the real problem that you're trying to address is. But I think that's kind of like a, you attract more flies with honey type of uh, way to go about it. Like maybe a white I, person that, that says there's no such thing as racism. Uh, maybe they see, or maybe like cops are fine. Cops don't really, uh, you know, go after black people more than white people. Maybe, maybe somebody like that that sees it might go, well, maybe there's something to to this uh, the way that they're reacting to the general public. Like, I don't know. I maybe would, maybe that's the I justification love... for it. Because if it was out and out blatant, like if they were kneeling on Black Panther, you'd be like, that's a little on the nose, you know. I would love to believe that, Travis. Except for if you've ever checked the comment section to anything related to comics that has any sort of any sort of like. Um, uh, like anything about Kamala Khan, say, like those messages, those light touch messages are not reaching anybody. Can I make a, a suggestion to everybody out there? Why don't we get oh, rid of comment sections in anything, Boy, whether it's a website or a blog, whether it's Facebook or Twitter? Why don't we just eliminate comments? You can either like it or you don't. Either like it or you scroll on by. And then not everybody needs to know everybody else's opinion on everything. I mean, does, am I the only one that seems to see that like, maybe that's part of the problem with why the world is so divided right now is because you can't even post a picture of something simple without somebody jumping on there and going, well, you shouldn't be enjoying this because of that or blah, 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 blah. It's like, come on, just, just shut up. Everybody just Travis, shut up. I will take, 
I will take this opportunity to talk about. Uh, I told you I was going to do a Star Wars related thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is in that lane. Okay. Uh, I started listening. Are you, have you ever heard of the Newcomers podcast? I have not. This is Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus watching the Star Wars movie for the first time. Really? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna just, listen to this because I like both of them a lot. Not just watching it. Not just watching it for the first time, but like watching it in such a blank way as like. I envy, I utterly envy them for, and like, I feel, I feel like I'm breathing rarefied air in that they're, they're watching them with, uh, like basically them watching, um, a new hope is the closest they get to having much by way of bias and expectations because mm-hmm. anyone, cause they're women, I think in their early thirties, I think. Like, yeah, somewhere around there, yeah. If you're specifically a woman in her early 30s who is a comedian, you I'm sure you get guys telling you all the, like guys who are like can't believe you haven't experienced that. Yeah, cuz it's an so, everyday reference for for people in that field, honestly. So Especially I, I know think, I know Lauren Lopkiss does like uh improv and stuff like that. Like nerdy improv yeah. guys have to reference Star Wars and sketches and things like that. Yeah. And so I'm sure like from listening to the first episode, there's kind of a going into it with a sort of like, all right, fine, we're doing this. And there's kind of understandably, they feel a little bit put upon exposing themselves to these things that it's, it's so hard to <laughs> like in your thirties, how could you watch a new hope in your thirties in 2020 and try to really try to really absorb culture like uh, pop culture from it. No, I I get it because like I saw I was in my late thirties when I saw Blade Runner for the first time and it didn't hit me as much as it probably did when it first came out for people because so many other movies have borrowed from it and, you know, basically recreated certain things from it. And it's kind of been in like references and things like that. So it didn't hit me as this brand new, exciting thing. It was just like, yeah, I've seen this 20 times in other movies type of thing. And that's, I had imagined kind of what they're feeling watching Star Wars for the first time. You know, okay, yeah, I've that reference makes sense to me now. But it's not going to have the same magic as if they saw it when they were little kids and it was all brand new. But you're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong when you say that a lot of the feelings that I, especially going into uh, Rise of Skywalker, there was a lot of, for me to go watch that, that movie had to overcome a lot of baggage to win me over. And it, and it didn't really like, I was disappointed in how, how much they kind of backtracked from what Ryan Johnson laid out personally. Mm -hmm. And that was strictly, that was strictly baggage coming from, there was a huge certain, there was a huge certain type of person backlash against what the last Jedi was for for daring to try and circumvent expectations and i don't want to get too far in the weeds with that basically what i'm talking about is so here's a huge capture point point with me because i listened to i've listened to all of the them watching the episodes um i just started listening to the one where they watched the holiday special and they've got like solo and rogue one <laughs> they watched the holiday I special <laughs> i'm yeah i'm a little bit through that Oh, and those like, poor, poor women. <laughs> I basically, I skipped around some so that I could just, I, I mostly just wanted to hear them, their feelings on the, the episodes. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go back and listen to the other ones because 
the one that captured the, the thing that captured me the most of how much they're not like they're watching these movies, but they're just not paying attention to anything going around it is the moment where they were, t- they watched uh, the force awakens and they're going, they didn't know Harrison Ford was going to be in it. <laughs> wow. Could you imagine, <laughs> could you imagine getting to go to the force awakens and being surprised that Han Solo shows up? <laughs> what an amazing, cause I think the person that was on with them was like, I, I envy you so much right now of being able to go there and be surprised. But like the people who die for the most part, there's some of the things that they just know the, 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 the culture, like they knew they, they knew Luke, I am your father. And they did the whole thing of, they had the Mandela effect of, they think that he says, Luke, I am your father, which right. say. he says, no, I'm. And I think they said, is that due to, and they mentioned, they're like, no, that's due to Tommy boy. Or no, it's, I think so. Yeah, Tommy, I remember. It's Tommy Boy. Where he's standing in the fan, he's going, la, 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 Luke. La, 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 la Luke, Luke, Luke. I am yeah. your father, Luke. I think that's where the Mandela effect on that one definitely comes mm-hmm. from. I will also say, um, Tommy Boy and Black Sheep get mixed up in my head a lot. <laughs> They're, yeah, it was almost like an unofficial sequel. Yeah, very much so. So no I would, Dennehy, unfortunately. I would say as far as them not knowing Harrison Ford was in the movie, it's probably the same way I felt watching uh the rise of skywalker because i didn't know he was going to be in there that was such a big surprise i was like oh my gosh it's han solo i I think i think that was like a pleasant thing for me and things like that like things i didn't know were going to show up in there even in uh the last jedi i didn't know yoda was going to be in there so it was like oh yoda's in here you know, I just, we get excited or, oh, they didn't really kill Chewie. Chewie's there. You know, things like they are, that. He, they are huge fans of Yoda. So they, they were very happy mm-hmm. when Yoda shows up in, in that. Nailed but, it. But, like, but it, like, they, it is so fun to listen to people talk about Star Wars who have no preconceived notions about it. Hmm. And also specifically, you are getting a, you are getting a female point of view on these movies that are not and i'm not i'm not even saying of like it's they're not dunking on men they're just talking about things that they like about the movies that maybe comes from more of a female point of view that they're just they don't feel like they don't feel like it's or they feel like it's safe to just say this is how i felt about this movie well yeah i like i've I've, I've got two boys and a girl and my boys are super into star wars my daughter's kind of like eh, it's 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 all right. I understand why you love it, Dad, but it's it's not my thing. I'm not gonna have any Star Wars memorabilia in my bedroom, and that's fine. You know, she sees the world differently than I do. And uh, yeah, and a lot of people show up there on there. They're like you know, like Andy Daly, good old PFT, uh, uh, Matt Gorley, a lot of the sort of podcast luminaries that I'm fans of, along with some other. Um, I haven't gotten there. Uh, I think the final episode. Gosh, what was it? I can't remember what they watched in the final episode, but Ahmed Best is a guest. And I'm really looking forward to to them talking to Ahmed Best. Did you know he's doing a on the Star Wars YouTube page, he's doing a Star Wars uh, game show for kids? Really? It, it's kind of like Legends. Remember uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple from Nickelodeon? Yes. It's like it's basically. I, I never saw it, but I've heard about it. I've heard about it enough that I kind of know what that is. It's basically Legends of the Jedi Temple. It, it, essentially, oh, okay, that's yeah, what it I is. I do know about that. So oh, he he plays is, a Jedi. Travis, you're gonna love this. Okay. The final episode, 
The final episode is Spaceballs with Mary Holland and Ahmed Best. <laughs> so I think that's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward. I've had, and it's only been like the last week. I, the funny thing is, is just because I, I adore Nicole Byer and I like, I like Lauren Lapkus a lot. And when it came up that they were doing this, I, um, I started listening to it and they, they don't like a new hope very much. Really? And I think that just comes from it being the first one they watched. And so I was a little bit like, uh, I got, uh, I told you I listened to star Wars minute for a long time and there uh-huh. was a certain, there was just a certain point where it became less celebratory and a little more divided hmm. and it became way less fun. So when they, when they kind of came out of a new hope sort of dunkaroo and on, I was like, eh, I don't know that I, I like these two women, but I don't know if I want to listen to, you know, a bunch of episodes of them just talking about how dumb they are and how much they hate doing it. And I came back to it last week. I'm like, no, they, it's very, it's, it's very positive. I would imagine even the times when they're, even the times when they're kind of dunking on it, it's still very kind of just, it's, I didn't like this, but it's, there's a very huge positive energy going through it. That well, that's good. It's so refreshing for a star Wars thing to be relentlessly positive. I would imagine for a, uh, a modern woman who has never seen star Wars, if your first introduction is, you know, these guys have to come save the princess cause she's helpless. I could kind of see them being like, well, what's going on here? And, but then, you know, you get to empire and you see there's some development and, you know, Leia's a leader and, you know, she's a general and people look up to her and do what she says. Then I could kind of see, all right, well, she's not this helpless, you know, you know, damsel in distress in the top of a castle type situation. So I could kind of, I could see their point of view there. That doesn't even enter into it. The thing, Hmm. the thing that usually is their biggest criticism is just the movies, the movies being slow. And that's, that's something that'll probably always be a bit of a generational divide between like, I, you know, I grew up on slow movies and I'm more used to it. And a lot of, you know, movie making is not slow. Very like, I I think we had talked about it. um, We both love once upon a time in Hollywood. And that Mm -hmm. is a very slow movie. Like I was immediately, almost immediately in that movie. I'm like, Oh, this is a movie that is being made of an era. And that, that era is, this person has to drive three blocks and you're going to actually watch him drive three blocks. That's a criticism that my son always, whenever Mm -hmm. I bring that movie up, he goes, Oh yeah. The movie where they drive for an hour and a half. I was like, yeah, but it's so cool to watch Brad Pitt drive through 1969 LA with Joe Cocker blasting on his radio. He just doesn't get it. It used to be. And we were just, we were conditioned to, we were conditioned to enjoy that, not just tolerate it, but enjoy it. Like it's, it's charming to me when a movie will take a breath, but that's that's not how movies are made anymore. And it's difficult for me, like, say, if I'm watching movies, if I try and watch an old movie with Gabe, and he's like, God, this is so boring. I'm like, <laughs> but but look at how beautiful it is as he, like, trying to get him to watch Seven Samurai. I'm like, but like, look how beautiful this shot is, this 10-minute right. shot where they're riding across the plane. He's like, but why do we have to see them right across the whole plane? I'm like, because it's beautiful because it's a character. You son of a oh. I think maybe younger people have grown up watching things on their phones. So they're for- focused on uh, the individual in the scene where when you see something on a, a big movie screen, like just think how big movie screens were when we were little. It seemed like it took up like the entire building. And you would see the giant landscape and you'd have this epic um, music playing in the background and it kind of pulled you into the world to see, you know, the landscape 
where now it's like they're filming things specifically like that Quibi thing that I think went out of business already. They were they were filming <laughs> yeah. stuff specifically to be on a phone. So it's very just like character centric and not, you know, entire world centric. They tried. I guess you don't like I think I think that's a dumb idea. I thought that was a dumb idea. But, you know, you don't know until you try. They could have very easily. They could have absolutely easily tripped into the most like the way things are done. Mm -hmm. I was uh, Gabe and I were watching Hot Ones and Bill Burr was on and he talked about uh, the the. The guy, the guy, you know, the hot ones guy. Yeah, Sean was, was talk. Sean is that his Sean name? Sean something. Uh, he was one of the questions he brought up was something about his Netflix special, and Bill Burr was like, "Yeah, you know, I, I got on board really early with Netflix, and all my, all my friends. Uh, I'm trying to flip into Boston instead of like Bugsy Malone. Like, yeah, they told they told me to. Uh, I don't know. I can't do it. But the Bill Burr voice off the off the dome, but he's just like, yeah, they told me. Uh, what you mean the people who sent you DVDs? Like, ah, who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah, he was one Netflix that got on there absolutely early. went into a thing. Netflix absolutely went into a thing that nobody thought that. That's why it's been such a uh, uh, crap show of everybody making their streaming service because they had they all took their stuff back from Netflix because they didn't think it was going to work for them. I'm I'm more than willing to admit because I've like you, I still get discs. Uh, yeah. When they first started coming out with stop. the streaming thing, I'm like. Why do I want to watch a movie on my computer? This is stupid. Who would even do this? But now it's like that if if something isn't streaming, they're like, "What? It's not streaming anywhere? What? Did you even make it's it?" A, <laughs> it's all a tiered thing of like uh something like uh, Midnight Gospel. I'm okay watching that on my laptop while I'm eating cereal. Right. Which which I I don't even remember the last time I've eaten cereal. I'm okay watching it on my laptop like some TV shows and movies. Hey, I'm okay. I've got a nice TV in the basement. Uh, but then there are things. Yes, there are going to still be things like like I cannot fathom the the sorrow that I would feel if I hadn't gotten to see Fury Road in a really nice theater. Yeah, see, I saw it like on multiple times or Blu-ray or the first time. Upon a time in Hollywood for you. Yeah, I th I saw it seven times in the theater. I think like if, <laughs> the the experience could not be the same if you saw it in your living right. room for the first time. Right, and like the just those those big neon signs and stuff like that where he's driving around. Right, and the beginning. the first time I saw it, it was in, it was in Burbank, you know, where they make movies, and it was on this huge, just enormous screen. It was like the biggest screen I've ever seen in my life, and it was just massive dog violence life. is not the same on a on a laptop. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about at an hour. There's a. Do you have anything else you want to cover? There's a. There's a couple things I want to. You know, what, with the way things are with the way things are going, I'm moderately, I'm moderately fine with saving it. I'll tell you this much. Okay. This is, you know what wasn't cool this week, Travis? What? I got about ten minutes into watching Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and then had to stop to do something else. Went back to it yesterday, and it's no longer available on Amazon. <laughs> I've had that happen before. Like the very next day, you go back yeah. and you're like, I'm going to finish this, and then, it, oh, I got to pay fourteen dollars to watch it now. Oh yeah, that's frustrating. That I, they didn't even have that. They only had the trailer up. I like the the companies that will say like I think Hulu does it. It'll say expiring in like one day or something like that, or expiring soon. I, I really enjoy that because then it's like, all right, well, I'm not going to start watching this series if it's expiring in eight days. I'm not going to start watching, you know, Bonanza that ran for twenty years or whatever. 
I will tell you this much from the 10 minutes of Bill and Ted's bogus journey that I saw. Hey, Bill and Ted's bogus journey, you're doing future fashion the right way. <laughs> Jenko boots, neon Jenko boots were the big in the Bill and Ted's future fashion, and I am there for it. I think I've only seen that one time, and I saw it at the drive-in, and I barely remember it. I need to go back and watch if it. If it comes, if I can find it on another streaming, like yeah, we'll have to watch it, just because the little bit that I saw of it is like, yeah, this was, I, I think I think Excellent Adventure might still be on Amazon, and I should watch that. I, I wasn't as fond of Excellent Adventure. Uh, uh, William Sadler, as death, does a lot of heavy lifting in that movie for me. Hmm. But uh, even the little bit that I watched, like, um, oh, what's his name? Joss Ackland, the diplomatic immunity guy, <laughs> is the bad guy. Yeah. Just a little taste of him. was like, oh, this is a guy who knows. This is a, a scene chewer, and I'm, I'm going to be... I'm going to be happy with it. <laughs> it wasn't cool that uh, I started watching it and then they pulled the rug out from under me. The, the flowers were not standing on that one. So I just saw a YouTube video earlier today. I didn't watch it. <clears throat> but uh, the mall from the Bill and Ted's, the first movie, is actually closing down. It was like the last day at whatever Metro Mall or whatever it's called. And it was just people going in there, walking around, like looking around at the that the stores are all boarded up and stuff. And it was just like people taking it in one last time because the malls are going away. Apparently just kind of a little piece of history that coincidentally, does that kind of bum me? Does that bum me out much? Mm, I was never a mall guy. Honestly, the food court was cool because you, you could get like, I'll get this thing from here and this thing from here. And you could kind of mix and match. I like the idea of food courts, but mall stores, they're always super overpriced. You can find it cheaper somewhere else I, I plus you know i even when i was at the age to go to a mall i always lived 45 minutes away from the closest mall so it wasn't really something i enjoyed doing besides going to build a bear when my kids were little that was kind of fun <laughs> at the mall but but other than that yeah. i've never been much of a mall guy i think people i i think a large swath of people that from for most things a large swath of people who feel bad when a business goes away like a like a uh, a corporation type business mm-hmm. goes like uh concert venues i love kilby court kilby court for anybody who's for all you australian listeners here in utah <laughs> there's an extremely tiny concert venue that is just like a very a very small shack called kilby court it's it's kind of well known a lot of sort of indie bands really want to play there mm-hmm. and i love that place but it is not there is not much money in it and I know that place is definitely in danger. And something like, if something like that went away, I would be sad because that is an experience. That's an experience that as long as Kilby court is open, doesn't really change. Right. Uh, when people talk about that, that like, Oh man, malls are going away. I love malls. Like, yeah, that's the thing. You didn't love so much malls. You loved the experience you were having at malls. And in 2020, like in 2020, the the experience of being a teenager at a mall in the 90s, it, it, that's not the experience that happens at a mall now. Like trends isn't open at the mall. Uh, you know, <laughs> dollar movies are not a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. So, you know, and and like you're you're pining for the experience of if if you're like me, you're pining it with for the experience of you went to the mall with your best friend, saw UHF for a dollar. And then walked around a mall for five hours following the same <laughs> set of girls. 
right. hoping they'll talk to you, but then they just leave and you leave feeling dejected. But with zero zero guts to go talk to them. <laughs> oh, like less than zero guts. Negative <laughs> guts to go talk to women. I was the same way with girls. I get it. <laughs> it's probably now, the same way with like cruising State Street. It, it, it's, a, it's a fear of rejection because now I have zero fear of rejection. I've been married for 25 years. I love my wife so much. I can talk to any woman and have zero i like i don't stutter i feel completely confident talking to <laughs> to any woman honestly because there's no fear of rejection i'm not trying for anything you know i'm not trying to get her to like me i don't well, you know it's just i'm, I'm a gonna, human talking to a human now it, it's so nice i wish i had I'm gonna that get you perspective the, when i was young <laughs> i'm gonna get you on the horn with roseanne bar and see how comfortable you are i could talk to roseanne for sure I could talk to Roseanne. You crazy people are the best. I love talking to crazy people. But it's the same thing. I think this week was I heard for the fourth or fifth time in the last few years that Chuck E. Cheese is going away and people get really yeah. sad about that. Like, hey, get on YouTube and look up Chuck E. Cheese and start watching some of those YouTube videos. That's what happens at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese's are gross i was never super into chuck e cheese either i think when i was a kid they first started popping up and i think we had showbiz pizza before we had chuck e cheese here in utah actually so i remember going to show and getting pizza was cool watching the robots i guess was all right no you have no barometer for trash pizza when you're that kid and you know not that i've got much better at it but (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't terrible pizza there's some people that really like it like I'm, I'm the kind of person I love Little Caesars. People, it's Little Caesars is a punchline for people, but I think, especially for the money, I think it's the best pizza because I like the sauce. The sauce is outstanding. Domino sauce is garbage. Uh, pizza Hut is too greasy. I think Little Caesars is right in the middle there, where it's, it's perfect as of, to me. As of Wednesday, Gabe is going to be an employee, employee of Pizza Hut. Oh, really? I'm I'm between a bit of a rock and a hard place here of maybe I get free pizza, but it's Pizza Hut. (laughs) I mean, I'll eat Pizza Hut, but it is greasy. It's good stuff, but it's just... The deciding factor in that equation is that I am a monster, and if someone puts free pizza in front of me, I'm I'm going to make a mess. Oh, yeah. Free pizza is, like, the best thing ever. It's like, I mean, I guess if, if there was no clean air in the world, clean air would probably be a higher priority, but... Pizza is like there's gold and then there's pizza. That's that's the two things. First, I think that was our first throat clear. Well, I, I've been doing it nonchalantly. Uh, oh, wow, you do it. I, I just went for it. Baby. <laughs> yeah, we but, should um, live off of the pizza standard, is what I'm saying, instead of the gold yeah, standard. Chuck E. Cheese again is pining for something that Chuck E. Cheese is also pining for something that is readily available that you can like. As a kid, the idea of animatronic characters... Animatronics were magic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also, arcades meant a completely different thing when I was a kid. I think taking a modern child to a Chuck E. Cheese now is the equivalent of, say, your grandma and grandpa uh, getting like a, a round wooden... St- like a wheel and a stick and saying this is a game we used to play yeah (laughs) it's basically the same thing (laughs) oh man because kids today are looking at that like skee-ball Ooh, fun yeah skee-ball just what i wanted to do today (laughs) skee-ball is a blast i enjoy no ball is a certified banger i enjoy skee-ball i'm saying kids that grew up with a tablet on their lap when they were two 
probably don't care about skee-ball the way I do. <laughs> I think the when when I've taken Gabe, when I'd take Gabe to arcades, like Nickelcades when he was uh, younger, that was the stuff like the physical stuff, like a skee-ball or a whack-a-mole. Those were the things he gravitated toward because mm. that's not so much of a, a replicated experience at home or maybe even a pinball, but like... For me, skee-ball is, if you put the quarters in the skee-ball machine, you know you're going to get an entire game out of it. If I put a quarter into Mortal Kombat, I might last 15 seconds, and then my yeah. quarter's gone. Well, and for, for me, it was like, when I was a kid, you know, uh, playing, like, I don't know, Rygar or something like that. Like, the, the Nintendo, the NES version of Rygar is vastly different than an arcade version or, or Altered Beast or... I can get Altered Beast for five bucks on my, you know, uh, as an Xbox arcade game and then realize, oh, my God, this game is actually only 15 minutes long <laughs> if you don't have to worry about pumping 20 bucks worth of quarters into it. Right. So, you spend more time it's, it's with the, the countdown. You have 20 seconds to insert quarters. <laughs> Rise from your grave. But, um, yeah, I just went when... I don't know. That's one of those things that gets me when people talk about, like, being sad that malls are going to go, like, I don't, I don't care what... What do, why would I, I – I haven't been to a mall in years, and I don't want to go to them. Why would I, I be sad if they go away? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the nostalgia and the memories of it that you're hoping your kids are going to want to do the same thing. But kids today, it's just the same way that I didn't want to do the things that my dad did when he was a teenager. That was like, that seems like dorky as can be. I don't want to – I don't want to do that. The gulf between those things, Travis, was that the things that we our parents did – we're dumb and lame. Oh. We've got the coolest childhoods, and we just want to pass on the cool childhoods to our children who get, like, fake plastic cool childhoods. We, we had the real cool childhoods. I, I will – I'll go up against we anybody. The, non, the 80s was the, the best childhood. We had the non-corporate childhoods of G.I. Joe and Transformers that were not just, like, ultra-targeted toys. I think the reason yeah. our childhood was so cool, it's because we were the first generation to where the grown-ups are like, all right, we want to make their childhood magical. We're still going to be adults, and we're going to do adult things, but we're going to let them have their little magical time as a childhood. But now we're adults, and I've raised three, three people, and... I'm just, I'm probably more immature than they are because I have yeah. arrested development that I never got out of. So yeah, I'm I, still I into in stuff adult. that they're like, I was talking, dad, come on wrestling. You're still watching wrestling. Little, <laughs> yeah. I was talking with a, a few people, a few uh, friends of mine from online about, uh, Oh, what was it? Someone was, someone was talking about that. They were watching a rewatch of the Sopranos and going like, Oh, like Tony Soprano is in his something like his, mid to late thirties in this or something like that. I was like, yeah, wow. I, <laughs> I have this, but I, the one that I go back to is die hard of my brain cannot reconcile itself. And this isn't a matter of like, Oh, I feel old. It's a matter of, I cannot physically, my brain cannot recognize Bruce Willis as being someone who was at any time in history younger than me. Right. How, was, so how old was he at, in die hard? He was like 33. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I look at that and I go, and like my brain breaks, like I have to look directly at it. I have to look directly at it for my brain to even go like, Bruce Willis was younger than you at one point. I'm like, no, I, and I was like, look, I'm not going to look at it, but I know if I go back and look at Schwarzenegger in commando, he's got to be at least a 48 year old man. Right. That's the, that's the only thing my brain, my brain cannot 
cannot recognize certain actors or celebrities as ever not being right. at least five <laughs> or six years older than I am. It, it, no matter how old I am, in their prime, like Stallone in, in Cobra, had to be at least 47. Right. I, my brain <laughs> cannot, just can't process it otherwise. And it's not a matter... Again, it's not a matter of like, oh my god, I'm old now. It's like I know how old I am. It's just, it's an effect that I'm sure there's got to be a name for. Yeah. It. I can't be the only person who experienced. No, I feel it. I feel it the same way. Like you yeah. saying that he was 33 and Die Hard blows my mind because as an adult, I watch it and go, huh, I want to be like him when I grow up, you know, <laughs> and I'm 42. Yeah, <laughs> and and I think it's a it's a split difference between yes, I I have Arrested Development. I am a I am a 43-year-old man, and I cannot think of myself as an adult. <laughs> My son's 16, and we talk together, and I'm like, "You're talking to a caretaker. You're not talking to, you're not talking to your dad in the same way that I saw my dad as an actual adult." I wonder if we're like do, raising a bunch of Alex P. Keatons, where they're gonna, I, they're I gonna act, not. they're gonna act like adults when you know when they're still very young, just to rebel against how. <laughs> immature their parents still are <laughs> family ties i i have thought about that sometimes of how weird family ties was in that michael j fox was the uptight one it's because he had hippie parents so he was like i, I want to rebel this is how i'm going to rebel by being super conservative <laughs> it's all weird and yeah. In, yeah you're right about the whole arrest development thing Yeesh. speaking of arrested development uh i hung out with burt kreischer last night that was fun. <laughs> How's Bert doing, man? Bert is doing great. He uh, he's this was the last stop on his summer nights tour. They were doing predominantly drive-in movie theaters. They would have a stage huh. put up, and then everybody would you know pull their cars in, you know maybe pull out some lawn chairs and sit there and watch. But they were mostly doing drive-in movie theaters. They did a couple clubs, and I guess they were they were like disaster shows. They packed in full capacity uh they were not super comfortable with that so last night you know he was at wise guys and he was just raving in fact the last five minutes on stage was talking about this is the way it's supposed to be done he's like i know the club isn't making what they're supposed to be making by having me here but you know, this is the safest way to do it, the way it's all spread out. And, you know, my wife was in charge of doing all that, doing all the social distancing and separating the tables and stuff like that. So it was it was a very proud moment for me to hear him, you know, just raving about, you know, this is the way it's supposed to be done because she's put in so much work to make it, you know, safe for the comics, to make it safe for the employees and to make it safe for, you know, the customers coming in. Yeah, it's just that, you do the best with the situation that you can and they're trying really hard and it was just good to nah, to see that navigating the uh like comedy club space is one of the has to be one of the most difficult things on all just on all sides of owning the place of being a, a comedian just like trying to figure out how do we do this thing how do we do this thing and not have it be just an unmitigated disaster because just uh bars has got to be a huge one restaurants i restaurants i feel like must be a little easier and i've seen some i've seen some really weird like uh <laughs> like the restaurants where you've got like a tarp over each you know each table full of right. people and just some kind of silly embarrassing stuff but 
bars and you know comedy clubs of you know they like we've talked about the importance of wise guys they have to try to stay open no one's going to try and really help them stay open no no they don't get and, they don't get zoo arts and parks taxes like uh yeah. all the other venues get they don't get any yeah. of that so they got to figure something out but at the end of the day just like with bars you're re- to some degree you have to rely on the public doing the right thing and alcohol is involved in something like a, a comedy club has you know the reputation is hey this is just a rowdy place where people are having fun and then again i mean we talk dumb about people think that uh, it, this this goes into what we were saying about the masks earlier yeah. is a certain type of usually white person does not deal well with someone telling telling them hey the thing you're doing for fun the thing you're casually doing you can't do that well there's even also is, even if it is the most base courteous thing of just sit down and shut the hell up while the comedian's on you can laugh but that's what we want you here for don't try to right. be part of the act well there's an added element now that you know you have to have a mask on to get in that's that's county that's the county rule it's not even the wise guys rule but if somebody's upset about that and disgruntled about that, they can take that into the showroom and ruin the show because they're in a bad mood because of that. So it's an extra, yeah. extra That's layer. I think we had talked about it a week or so ago of, I think masks are the one of the most important things that just it just barely takes the least amount of effort. And there's right. a type of person, just like we talked about, cannot handle... <laughs> cannot handle being told you can't just do everything you want to do. Right. So you have this train wreck of, I think it's great that they, you have county mandates to that are like, you have to wear, you have to wear your mask. But then these type of people still just barrel through like a, like a big dumb cannonball. They're like, ah, my freedoms. Ah. Yeah. It's <laughs> unfortunate. It's like, how do you, how do you enforce that without ruining it for everyone? Yeah. But Bert's doing I mean, good. The clubs, the yeah. clubs doing good. You know, as as good as it can oh, do. Good. And yeah, you know, the, the shows were great. I didn't get. I was. I was. I was hoping I was going to be the MC. Like if if he needed an MC, I was. I was the guy. But he ended up bringing three people. Three guys that I really like: Dave Williamson, uh, Shane Torres, and Jesus Trejo, who I talk about all the time on here. And it was great to you know spend time with them and hang out and you know see Bert because you know Bert and I go back quite a few years now and you know whenever he's around i just i love hanging out with him and you know he he likes me being around which is cool so but i gotta wrap this up i I got a couple things i gotta do so yeah well same as usual please uh subscribe to our podcast uh rate and review us tell a friend if you can we'd just like to get those eyes on us uh is there anything you have to promote trav uh not right now yeah just uh Go to shows at Wise Guys. I'm, I'm usually doing shows somewhere. Uh, where in particular can people find you? Uh, at Travis Tate Funny on all of the social media stuff. Look me up. All right. Well, Blue Wave Theory does our music. Um, feels good to me. Anything else you think needs to be said, my man? No, nope, I think we're... Oh, have a happy 4th of July and everybody be smart and be safe. <laughs> Celebrate response. Don't burn, don't burn the town down. Yeah, please don't. Oh, my God. Like, look, man, fireworks are fun. Please, please be careful. Like those sort of those big fires are 
I don't need to tell you how to Let's do make that. a suggestion. You know all those times you filmed fireworks on your phone? How about this year you just go back and watch those videos instead of actually doing them? Yeah, <laughs> I think, go for it. You know, sure. emergency people have enough to deal with right now. They don't need to be putting out fires also. Please don't be one more frustration on the pile of frustrations that yeah. are really getting at me these days. Watch a movie instead. Listen to a yeah. Katy Perry song. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Watch Jaws. That's uh, what I'm going to do. Oh, great. I watched. Hey, look, man. Next week we'll talk about Crawl, okay? Oh, you saw Crawl? All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, for uh, Throat Clearing Everywhere, this has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never.